Salutations, welcome to the Cornerstone Podcast presented by Global Grace Ministries. My name is Francis Wesso and I want to thank you for spending some time with me each week. We are sharing from the series The Traits of Unforgettable Leaders. Last week, we covered the trait of strong personality. Using Paul as an example of a leader with a strong personality, we discussed some of the best qualities of a strong personality or temperament and some of the weaknesses of people with such temperaments. If you have not listened to that episode, I strongly urge you to do so. The title of today's episode is The Trait of Focusing on the Wrong Priority. Sadly, most unforgettable leaders share this trait. What am I talking about when I speak about focusing on the wrong priority? To answer that question, we first must define the word priority. A priority is a measure people use to assign importance. When we prioritize something, our priority will be what needs to be done first. And what is not our priority can wait until later. Many people make a list of priorities. Even though it is understandable that such a list includes the essential things in life, work, or the focus of the person making that list at that time, by definition, no one can have more than one priority. Our priority is what is most important for us above everything else. Leaders tend to make their priority their people, their cause, or their desire. This tendency means that everything and everybody else is second or a less significant focus. Many consider this the only way to triumph in life or to accomplish what we desire to accomplish. For example, Nelson Mandela invested his life ending racial segregation in his country. That was his priority. Nothing else mattered more than that in his life. I am not saying that nothing else mattered. What I'm saying is that nothing else mattered more than his cause. His time, his health, his freedom, family, and resources never were his priority. He said all that aside to accomplish racial equality in his country. He married twice and had four children, two sons and two daughters. He divorced both his wives, and at the end of his life, he was honest and said that he was a great father to his nation, but he could not say the same for his children. King David, the man we used as an example of other leadership traits in this series, was in the same boat as Mr. Mandela. He was a great ruler of Israel, but could have been a better ruler of his household. They both made their nations their priority. Now, in no way I am minimizing what these great leaders did. I am simply bringing light to a trait of leadership that many unforgettable leaders share. I am not judging outstanding leadership either. What I am trying to say is that unless we follow the Holy Spirit closely, it is very easy for leaders, especially passionate ones, to make the same mistake. Christ, the only perfect one, told us how not to make this error. Go with me to Matthew 6.33. The NIV version says, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will also be given to you. I like also the God's Word translation, which says, But first... 
be concerned about his kingdom and what has his approval, then all these things will be provided for you. Did you hear what I just read? The Lord Jesus told us that if we prioritize God's kingdom and what has his approval, everything else will fall into place. I understand that for a non-Christian leader, this is worthless. But since my audience is composed of Christian leaders, men of God and women of God, this is for you. Unless you want to make a mess of the people and the things that matter to you, you better put God ahead of anything else you do. Now, many people may not see the Apostle Paul as an example of someone who had his focus on the wrong priority. After all, he was single. Nothing else but ministry should have mattered. But I beg to differ with you. Go with me to Acts chapter 9 and we will read verses 1 through 6, which say, Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice that said to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. Here we have Paul, a Pharisee of Pharisees, a man who had made the priority of his life to do what he thought was the will of God. He was so passionate about defending his faith that he was not happy persecuting Christians just around the area where he lived. He went to the high priest and asked him for documents that will give him the authority to kill Christians outside his jurisdiction, all for what he thought was a good cause. Some may say that Paul was doing here what Jesus asked us to do. He thought he was putting the kingdom of God first. The problem is that there is no way you can put the kingdom of God first unless you first meet the king of that kingdom. Paul was focusing not on God's kingdom, but on his religion. He was investing all his time, money, and efforts into what he considered a worthy cause, but the poor thing was fighting against the God he loved. I am afraid that many Christian leaders might be doing the same thing. I do not mean that they are killing or persecuting Christians. I mean that many might be focusing on the wrong priority, thinking that they are putting God's kingdom first. Let me share with you my personal testimony. I was saved and called to the ministry at the age of 12 years old. I started teaching children and youth at that age and preached my first sermon when I was 17. When others were doing drugs, partying, or enjoying worldly things, I spent most of my time at church. All that sounds great, except that I made ministry my priority and not the God who called me to ministry. I founded two churches and was working on my third one when finally God had mercy on me. Because of many reasons, I had to close the church I started in Sacramento, California. At that time, God closed every door of ministry I had. By this, I am not saying he did not allow me to share the gospel. I just did not have an opportunity available to me to preach at a church. That was killing me. I felt as if I had lost my reason for leaving. I know this sounds dramatic, but sadly, that is where I was. I still remember the morning when driving through a lonely road towards my secular job when God came into my car and asked, 
Am I enough for you? I had to stop right there on the road and had to examine my heart. That was my Damascus experience. The God I had served all my life had to ask me if he was enough for me. I have made ministry my focus and had set aside my relationship with God. And I don't mean I was not going to church reading my Bible or praying. What I was doing is that I would read the Bible not for my edification. I read it to prepare sermons. I would pray not as a part of my relationship with God, but as my ritual to ask for anointing. I will ask God to speak to me so I could speak to his people, but I was too busy for him to share his heart with me. Do you know what I'm talking about? Pastors and ministers, God did not save you so you could win the world for him. He saved you for you to have a relationship with him. If part of that relationship happens to be your service to him, praise the Lord for that. But please do not make that your priority or identity. Many pastors do not know who they are unless they have a church. We, the children of God, are the same in and out of churches. We are God's children. Nothing can change that except us. Listen, child of God, when God is your priority, he teaches you the correct order people, places, and things should have in your life. When you have a good prayer life and abide in Christ, you will bear fruit no matter what. Otherwise, Jesus lied and Christ is no liar. I do not care how big your ministry is or how great your responsibilities are. You will be a great husband and father if your relationship with Christ is strong. If your priority is your relationship with God, it is impossible for everything else not to be added to you. Otherwise, the Bible is lying. When your priority is your relationship with God, you know that you are not supposed to be a superhero to your family, congregation, employees, or friends. As a godly leader, you are supposed to guide the people you lead closer to God. The only way you will do that is by knowing Him well. When your priority is your relationship with God, you become a leader who does not care about having the most prominent church or being famous. You care about being the type of leader God approves. When your priority is your relationship with Christ, money becomes a tool that the Holy Spirit brings to you and helps you use it. Child of God, once Paul met the king of the kingdom, he thought he was defending his life changed forever. Nevertheless, be aware that we might not have considered Paul an unforgettable leader during his life. Few would. Think about it. Or better go with me to 2 Corinthians 11 and we'll read verses 22 through 29. And just bear with me. I know that I'm reading a lot of Bible. The word says, Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they offsprings of Abraham? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I am a better one. I am talking like a madman with far greater labors, far more imprisonments, with countless beatings, and often near death. Five times I have received at the hands of the Jews the forty lashes less one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I was adrift at sea, on frequent journeys, in dangers from rivers, dangers from robbers, danger from my own people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, 
danger at sea, danger from false brothers, in toil and hardship, through many sleepless nights, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure. And, apart from other things, there is the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches, who is weak, and I am not weak, who is made to fall, and I am not indignant. No, this is not the description, my brothers, of what we would consider someone popular today, but in the kingdom of God, very few can stand next to Paul. He was an unforgettable leader because even though he started his walk as a leader with the wrong priority, when he met Christ, his focus changed. Without Paul, we will not have half of the New Testament. Dear leader, if you accept the description of what the world considers success, you will focus on the wrong priority. Do not compare yourself to anyone else. No one else has your calling. Therefore, no one else is doing what you are called to do. We can follow godly examples, but Christ is the only one who can guide us perfectly towards our destiny. Stop wasting your time making a list of priorities. Develop a close and intimate relationship with Christ and see how He will lead your steps. He will teach you to enjoy your family and be present for them. He will give you the business strategy that your organization needs to succeed. He will help you heal that marriage that you messed up. And most of all, He will make you the unforgettable leader you were born to be. Global Grace Ministries is a Christian nonprofit based in Sacramento, California. You can write us at info at globalgraceministries.com or to 8850 Williamson Drive, number 603, Elk Grove, California, 95624. Blessings to you and yours. Thank you.